You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz. Thank you for listening. Man, I'm always so incredibly humbled that anyone would take time out to check out what we've got to share on the podcast. So thank you for listening. I am excited today. I've got a an old friend of mine on the Skype hotline. Uh, she is originally from the Houston area, but she is currently a senior at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She is a theology major. And uh, her and I met several years ago in Texas while we were both working for a Christian nonprofit. And I am really excited uh, about some of her words and wisdom. Um, I'm always excited when I see young adults that have incredible wisdom way beyond their years. And this guest is certainly one of those types of people. And so uh, we have with us today Alexis Muscarella. Alexis is a senior at ORU. She's a about ready to graduate. Uh, Before she was at ORU, she was an intern at a very large uh, Christian nonprofit. And over the years, she's had a a blog that I've followed, and she has shared some incredible wisdom. And so today, um, she's going to share a little bit about uh, kind of how we approach suffering. When we face difficult moments in our lives, when we face suffering and pain, Um, Alexis, a moment ago, before we started recording, said to me, man, I, I look at suffering as an opportunity to learn about the character of God, an opportunity to have revelation about the character of God. And I was just blown away by the maturity and her attitude. And so, Alexis, man, the floor is yours. Uh, What are the lessons you've learned about suffering? Um, Well, for me personally, a lot of my lessons about suffering have come from different health issues. And so I would say that when I look back at my life and I look at the hard circumstances that have shaped who I am, a lot of those came in physical challenges. Um, There have been quite a few things, even recently, that have arisen with my health. And in the moment, it's a question of, okay, God, like what's going on? What's next? How does this end? How does this turn out? And you come to realize really quickly that you don't have any way of knowing the end result and you don't really know how it's going to turn out. And so there's this process that happens between the recognition of I'm in the middle of a bad circumstance and the moment where that bad circumstance is resolved where you have completely no control over what's happening to you. And when that's a undesirable circumstance and a painful circumstance and with health a lot of times it's a I feel like am I even going to make it kind of circumstance then you learn a lot about who God is and you learn a lot about who you are and um, for me the main thing has been I decided from the very beginning that my approach to my own suffering physically and then as it starts to affect you emotionally and even spiritually was going to be that in the midst of my suffering, I was going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus and whatever he wanted to do in the midst of the process to bring something good for his glory, I was going to latch on to that. And that was going to be my main focus. And that was going to be my main pursuit. And so there have been moments for me that I've been laying in a hospital bed and I've had the decision to make, am I going to lay here awake all night? Am I going to panic? Am I going to cry and ask God, why am I suffering like this? 
Or am I going to lay here and like Paul and Silas in the bottom of a prison say, God, you're faithful and you're good and I'm going to worship you in the midst of my suffering. And so I determined from the beginning that that was going to be my heart. And I've watched God reward that. And I've watched him show me so many aspects of who he is through my suffering that A, his goodness and his faithfulness is not dependent on the circumstances going on around me. And B, if at the end of the day, nothing circumstantially is ever resolved, he really is enough for me. And he really is the fulfillment of all of those promises that I'm looking for as I hope for a resolution to my suffering. And I think that that's a huge thing that sometimes us as Christians forget is we do cling to these promises of God, but at the end of the day, God is the promise and he has already given himself to us. And so we're super busy searching for his hand and searching for the solution and searching for the answer. When if we would stop searching for those things, we could get our eyes up and see that he is the solution and he is the answer. And not that the suffering goes away, but that he's enough that if I had to suffer for the next 60 years of my life, I could do it with a content heart, knowing that this life is temporary and life with the Lord is eternal. I think, Alexis, I love that I'm hearing you say this. And uh, it makes I get really excited because I think I've heard people that are in their 60s, 70s. Uh, maybe or maybe they're in their adult age that have walked with Jesus for many years that simply don't get this or just simply refuse to embrace this attitude. And I, I love man, I love the the mention you made of Paul and Silas. Uh, if if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with that, it's in Acts chapter 16. Um, Paul and Silas they're just they're in prison. They've just gotten the snot beat out of them. Uh, they're in the inner cell, which is you know got feces and probably rats. It's it's the worst situation, and they start singing to God. And so. Man, Alexis, I love that you got. You said that you know, I could be in a hospital bed and I could be complaining or taking a different attitude, but you've said, I'm going to just, in the midst of this, worship God. Yeah. Uh, have, before you kind of came to that resolution, did you have moments where you felt like you were complaining or frustrated with God? I think that there are obviously moments of frustration, and I think the biggest frustration I faced was, okay, is this ever going to end? Right. <laughs> because it's easy to be um, super confident the first three days, and then week three and week four, it's not as easy to have an excitement <laughs> about going on the journey with the Lord. So for sure there's frustration. I will say um, there was never for me, and I know this isn't the case for everyone, there was never for me a moment of being angry with the Lord. Um, There was never for me a moment of like, God, why did you do this to me? Just because um, my belief is that God is good and that anything negative in my life may have passed through his hand, but he is not the source of evil and he is not the source of my harm, that his intention at the end of the day really is for my good. And so I, um, from the beginning, in the midst of my frustration, knew that for me it would be pointless to become angry with the only source of hope that I had. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great tweet, by the way. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's pointless, and it's much more than a good tweet. I mean, it's a phenomenal th- concept. It is it was pointless for me to be angry with the only source of hope. Wow, what a great, great concept. And, and so, as you're facing, so as you're facing difficult times and as you're saying to yourself, man, God, I know this – 
I may not know why you're doing this. I don't fully understand it. It's frustrating mm-hmm. uh, in and out of hospitals. I mean, and you, and you said earlier, this was kind of an opportunity to learn about the character of God. And you've already mentioned, man, you learned that God is good, that no mm-hmm. matter what, he is still good um, mm-hmm. and that he is for me. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the other characteristics about the character and nature of God that you think you've learned through uh, some of the suffering you faced? I think I have also learned that he is in control, that he is sovereign. And I think a lot of times we struggle to talk about God's sovereignty in the midst of suffering because then it's almost being assumed that, okay, God is putting me in this bad, horrible position. And then we start wandering with our thoughts of he hates me and he's upset with me and he intends to do me harm. But I think you can acknowledge the sovereignty of God in the midst of a negative circumstance without having that attitude. And so for me, um, just to kind of be a little bit more practical about that, it was, okay, I know that God is aware of where I'm at right now, that he doesn't need a messenger to run to him and tell him, hey, Alexis isn't doing well. She's sick again and in the hospital. He's completely aware. He knows every hair on my head, so he knows if I'm sick. Um, And so in his awareness, then I have to trust that he has a plan. And so he's aware and he's at work. He's always at work. And I think you make a decision to team up with whatever he's doing in that moment. So just the the recap of that is that like A, he's sovereign, B, he knows what's going on, and C, there is something he's desiring to accomplish in every moment. God's never idle. He's never wasting anything. He doesn't Come waste on. a single circumstance in our lives. That's so good. He never wastes a single circumstance in our lives. Uh, wh- what would you say if someone doesn't take this approach, if someone takes an opposite approach to suffering. Maybe someone listening to this, they've gone through some difficult scenarios or, you know, whether it be a physical illness or some other tragedy in their life. If they refuse to say, this is an opportunity to learn about the character of God, how might that be a negative for them? How might that become a detriment to their life? Um, Kind of just going back to what I said earlier about God being the only hope that you have is I think the people who come out of adversity well are the people who chose to fix their eyes on something other than their adversity. And so to go through your suffering and to be so bitter and to be so angry and just to become defeated is really up to you. And it's up to where you're going to put your hope and where you're going to put your trust. And to not put it in God is to put it in yourself. And when you're the one suffering and you put your hope in yourself, then you're really putting your hope in your suffering. And that's obviously not going to lead to any kind of redemption and any kind of freedom. Um, And so a lot of times choosing the joy and choosing hope is a choice for much, much, much longer than it is a choice accompanied by a feeling of wanting to make that choice. But just like King David was talking about in Psalms, when he was going through a struggle, he talks to his soul and he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you at turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I will again praise him, my salvation and my God. He was having to tell himself what to do because he didn't feel like doing it. And so if you're in the middle of your suffering and you don't want to worship in the midst of it and you don't want to be confident 
in who God is in the midst of it and in the fact that he is the promise, then you might just have to sit there and tell yourself to do it until the feelings catch up with it later because it is the only hope that you have. That's some really, really great stuff. Um, Man, if anyone listening to this right now, if you're facing a a situation where there's some real – Maybe you're, maybe you are angry with God, um, and and I, you know, I could, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you necessarily if you were. Um, man, I would, I would highly encourage you to really just, just say it to God wherever you are right now, um, whatever your emotions are, just say to God, man, like I, I want to look to you, I want to put my hope in you, and begin to just really kind of communicate that. Um, man, I, I'd encourage you to take that attitude. Uh, Alexis, as you went through some of this stuff, is there anything you learned about yourself that maybe surprised you? I learned so much about myself in the midst of suffering. Um, I think the first thing I learned is that I had a huge pride problem and that suffering really does put you in a place where you're either going to ask for help and receive that help or you're going to determine to do it on your own. And that applies to with God and that applies to with people. Mm. And even to this day, I just three weeks ago had um, a huge relapse with some of my autoimmune issues. And it was that decision again of, okay, I need help. Am I going to ask for it? And so I learned a lot about my need to get my own pride out of the way. Um, And I just also kind of learned about through my suffering, how life isn't about me. And it's about a lot more than what's going on in my own circumstances, because I may be suffering, um, but there are people around me that are suffering as well. And I can choose to focus on my suffering or I can choose to team up with God and be a part of other people's freedom from their suffering. Man, that's really great. And as you said that, I was just thinking, and I've mentioned this in a previous episode, uh, but the Apostle Paul mentions it in 2 Corinthians where he talks about you know, the, the messenger of Satan that was sent to, to buffet him or to torment him. Um, yeah. just, just saying, hey, I'm facing the suffering. I've been begging God to take it away. For whatever reason, God didn't take it away, and now He's saying, "I see that God is using this to yeah. to to root out in me things that otherwise would not have been rooted out." And so I hear you saying the same thing, saying suffering found, had a way of rooting out of me something that God would want rooted out of me. Yeah. Um, and, and typically, I know for me, it's been pride. It, it's funny that you mentioned pride. That's what Paul mentions <laughs> in Second Corinthians. You know, for me, difficult situations typically challenges my ego. And how how valuable I think I am, and it forces yeah. me to, to 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 thrust myself upon him. So, yeah, really good. Uh, as we're closing down here, Alexis, any other thoughts about suffering and just what you've learned? Any other thoughts at all that you think would be valuable to share with the audience? Kind of a closing thought. I think just my main encouragement to anybody who's listening to this and finds themselves in the middle of a circumstance right now that is causing suffering in their life is that it is so important to remember that nothing is forever except for the Lord and that everything else in our lives comes in seasons. Suffering comes in seasons. Joy comes in seasons. Trials come in seasons and peace come in seasons. And so if you can just realize that every day is an opportunity to be a part of something so much bigger than the moment you're in right now. It really serves as a tool to not only pull you out of it, but to also get to engage in what God is doing around you. And just to know that your story is not over yet. And today is not the end of your story. And even if today was the end of your life, today is not the end of your story. And so there's always hope inside of who God is and inside 
who he says that we are. Come on. That is great, great encouragement. A great thought to end on. Uh, Alex, before I let you go, uh, any resources, any books or anything you've come across that you think would be valuable to, to recommend to our audience? Um, this is maybe a little bit random, but a book that I clung to in the middle of my stuff is Heinz Feet on High Places. It's by Hannah Hernard. That's a super, super good read. Um, just to kind of see a allegory about what transformation looks like. So as you're going through your suffering, even getting to see in the book what God is actually doing on the inside of you to some extent. And then another book that I absolutely love is called The Insanity of God by Nick Ripkin. And that is actually a book about the persecuted church. And it's another one that I would love to go to those long nights that I wasn't sleeping because it was a reminder to me that in the middle of my suffering, there are people that are also suffering for something so great and something so worthy. And those are just both things and both tools that God used in my own personal life and can't hurt to maybe check them out for yourself. That's really good. We will make sure that we have both of those books linked up on the site. So if you go to Theology for the Rest of Us and you uh, find the show notes on our website. We will have links to those. Alexis, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today and taking time out to invest in the audience. If there's someone that is listening to this that would like to connect with you, love to just reach out to you. What's the best way for that person to do that? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Alexis Muscarella, or on Twitter, Alexis underscore Elise. Um, so either one of those would be great ways to connect with me. Fantastic. Alexis, thank you again for sharing your story and encouraging our audiences. I think this is going to be super valuable. Thanks so much. And there you have it, my interview with Alexis Muscarella. Uh, I just absolutely loved some of the words she shared. I love that she so effectively articulated the idea that whenever we face suffering, whenever we face moments in life where or we have the opportunity maybe to uh, to be angry with God or frustrated with God or confused about what God's doing and, and we're, we're facing some real pain and we're just looking at life with you know some a feeling of despair, that's a moment, an opportunity to worship. That when we face suffering, it's an opportunity to be invited into the story of God and learning more about his character. And I love that she just said, like, whenever you face suffering, it's an opportunity to learn more about his character and his nature. And whenever you learn more about God, it will definitely usher you into a deeper intimacy with him and greater worship of him. So I want to highly encourage any person, anytime you're facing any kind of suffering, view it as an opportunity to learn more about God, to get to know him better. It doesn't mean that the pain is unreal. Like sometimes we face scenarios in life that just sucks. Like it's hard. It's frustrating. We're aggravated. Maybe we're angry. It, it doesn't mean that you don't have the right to feel those emotions in that moment. And it doesn't mean that just because you, you see this as a moment of worship or a moment to learn more about God doesn't mean that it will undo the pain or that the pain of the suffering goes away. It just simply means that when you take your eyes off the adversity and you put it on the character of God, that will usher you into a season where you get to connect with him in a greater and deeper way. And that is beautiful. And that is where God will begin to root out the sins and the junk in our hearts and our minds. 
And God always, the promise, he always works all things together for the good of those who love him. That is his promise. He started it. He's going to finish it. May that be an incredible encouragement to you today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. If you're listening to this on our website and you have not had the opportunity to subscribe, I want to highly encourage you to do that as soon as possible. Pull up whatever podcast app you're familiar with, whether you're on your iPhone or iPad and you're using the Apple Podcast app, or if you're a Droid user using some other app, or you're a Stitcher fan, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, whatever, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Every episode gets delivered directly to your device. If you have a question about this episode or any episode, or if you have a topic that you'd like to have addressed on the podcast, please shoot me an email, heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a star!